0: welcome to the business focus podcast before we start can we ask one thing 74 percent of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe if you've enjoyed our videos please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button it helps this channel more than you know and the bigger the channel gets the bigger the learning gets welcome to the business focus podcast jonathan herbs is the host of the business focus podcast He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies.
1: Today, I'm speaking with Stephen Inwood, who's the Director of Sala Financial Services. Hi, Stephen.
2: G'day. How are you,
1: Jonathan? Well, thank you. and Thanks so much for doing, uh, doing this podcast for me. It's a pleasure. So um, let's just start with, tell me what you do and, and how long have you
2: been doing it for? Well, I'm a financial planner. I, my business is a, 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 I guess you'd call it a boutique financial planning practice. I am an own license, um, small company. We only have a small um, group of clients that we just enjoy working with and we, we do work with them quite closely. So I've been working as a, well, sorry, I've been a financial planner for over 30 years now. So and in the industry uh, a little bit longer, but um, yeah. So it's been quite a while, quite a journey.
1: Great. So how would you describe um, your core core customer, your best customer?
2: Well, we've we've been spending a lot of time uh, thinking about this question, actually, as to what our ideal client is or what our best client is. At the end of the day, um, I started the business with the view of I just wanted to work with people that I liked and people that liked me as well um, but it's really evolving from that. so it is very much about people that um, uh, appreciate help, uh, would like to be uh, have somebody working with them, um, is in a position to actually take advice and and also educated enough to ask good questions about that advice. you know I I think your ideal client is not that person who just completely abdicates, everything i think it's somebody who is interested and and it's a journey uh, together um and when i think of my best clients um they are delightful to deal with they take advice they have some complexities in their life and what we do is try and make their world a lot easier for them and we take care of all of uh, i guess their background stuff so they can go and enjoy life as they would like to see it happen whether that's a retired person who is just looking to travel or somebody who's so busy at work that they just don't have time. So spending a lot of time thinking about um, uh, you know, that ideal client gives you the chance to really drill into who are those people. And, and obviously I think there's a, um, there's a lot of very busy executive types out there that are very focused on their own business but not their own backyard. And so my role is to make sure their backyard is absolutely spot on.
1: Is there a, um, i I'm assuming for that little service, is, is there
2: a net worth? Um, how, how... Oh, look, at, at the end of the day, it's a really interesting question. <clears throat> I mean, obviously everybody in the financial planning industry says they would like to work with the ultra wealthy. And we, you know, certainly we have some very wealthy clients um, and in the ultra wealthy clients. um but obviously the the sweet spot might be in that two to ten million sort of bracket of investable assets because they're not quite big enough to um, have a uh, a team look after them so to speak, but they're also big enough to know that they need some help um, so we've got some clients uh, that are certainly larger than that, and they they're certainly in my ideal space because they are just delightful to to deal with and uh, and certainly we're we're capable of looking after those people um, but you know it is a it is a case that we have tried not to say a thumb size or a you know asset size because everybody's different um, and everybody's uh, view of the world is quite different. so you know you might have somebody who has a lower asset value but really has some complex issues and needs some help. Um, And then you've got somebody who's in the very high level uh, and has a lot of complexity and and needs a lot of support and direction and is very happy to take that as well. And, uh, you know, so it it, it does vary client to client, you might say.
1: Thank you for that. I mean, I'm I'm interested, having been, you know, in a past life, I I, um, uh, set up Commonwealth Bank's private private banking. Um, um, So, you know, it's a... Yeah, that whole question of um, uh, you know, level of service really for um, for return—it's it's an interesting one. So yeah. we've, we've all been through the, the pandemic. Um, what are some of the actions you took um, during the pandemic that have stuck with the business going forward?
2: I think the advent of, of Zoom um, was quite a, a, a game changer for all of us. We all had Skype, but probably didn't use it very much because it was very Unstable, but um, Zoom um, Teams, I think, has changed the way that we're able to do business now uh, because we can now communicate with our clients a lot more readily and easily, um, and uh, and I think that has really been the big change for us. And also, the level of communication I think has has increased because I'm not one that um, is very keen. You know, when the world is not going well and there's bad news, I don't like to. Um, Increase that information flow of bad news. I think it's. I think it's not a positive thing, but I think being accessible and being able to discuss and help and support people through those sorts of periods is now easier than what we ever had it to uh, with the pandemic access.
1: So. Yeah, it's, look, it's, you know, I agree with you totally. Um, yeah, obviously, you and I have, um, are doing are doing this interview via Skype, and I think you're in Brisbane. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm in uh, Barrel in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales. So it's like it, it makes things um, um, a lot enormously easier. But it's, it's, it's also a, um, I'm fascinated with my clients, see uh, my CEO coaching, leadership team coaching clients, so they're now pushing more and more for me to be back face-to-face with them because um, they've missed that, you know, the, the, the face-to-face collaboration. I'm, I'm assuming you, you've got
2: that element there as well. Oh, absolutely. I think you, you can never, um, you can never move away from a face to face. But when, when you have, um, clients that are overseas, clients in a state, uh, it just means that you can have these conversations rather than over the phone, because at least with this sort of conversation, we can interact and see what the expressions are, yep. and and uh, and probably enjoy a laugh more than what you can over over the phone. Uh, and we have clients overseas. Um, there's no other way that we could do it other than me jumping on a plane or them jumping on a plane. Yep. And yes, that is something we do try to do, um, but it's just not convenient at times to be able to do that. So, I think the Zoom side of things has really or whether it's Zoom or Teams, it doesn't matter. I think that's just enhanced our capability of being able to provide a service.
1: Yeah, agreed. So looking forward, um, what, do you, what does the future look like um, for you in the business and what do you see as the main challenges um, facing it?
2: Well, we're certainly in a growth phase. Um, you and I have spoken previously about um, just building uh, business and and we're certainly really looking at the business now, at the services we provide, the the fee structures, um, the types of clients, everything around the business is being reviewed, and and so I think we're very much uh, in an exciting phase from a growth perspective, and. The challenges with that, I think, is just the, the constant change that the government likes to throw at our, fin- our financial planning industry or financial services industry. Um, they just can't leave us alone, and and uh, they um, they take on uh, recommendations which, at times, uh, from you know a consulting group or whoever does um, whatever you know um, reviews and. I don't think they really take into account the practicalities of some of the things that they actually recommend. So I think that there's some challenges in that um uh, for all small businesses. I think over I was reading this morning over 10,000 financial planners have left the industry in the last few years. Um that was something that came from Jones, you know the minister for our, our sector. Um so that's a massive amount of loss of of People. Now, some of them may not have been appropriate, but some of them would have been absolutely fantastic and just said it's too hard. Um, so I think that there needs to be uh, a little bit of a, a consultation process, which they do have, by the way, with the FBA and um, all of the various associations. But I am sometimes wonder whether they take it into account. And, and I can give you an example. They introduced the um, Fee consent arrangements. So annually, we have clients to sign off on fees, um, which is absolutely fair enough. But the workload that that is added to firms has been incredible, and so it actually means that the cost of advice has to go up because the time spent in actually just preparing these documents for them to sign to tell them how much they're char- we're we're going to be receiving, which they are told about. Another ten times is just ridiculous. So
1: but Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I um because there's I m ma- I don't think it'd affect you so much, but there was a major um uh change announced yesterday, the day before more at the retail end of your industry, where superannuation funds can actually um I'm paraphrasing but can give advice.
2: Um Yeah, it's back to the future, isn't
1: it? Right. and yeah, yeah doesn't it? I'm I'm actually a, a director of the superannuation fund, um right. the Australian yeah. country's um superannuation fund. So it looks after um yeah, international expats. Um mm-hmm. but it's bringing a complexity to our business, which is yeah, you know, and potentially an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a, like you know, bank for future, but we're talking probably the most significant change in a decade, I would think.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. The the challenges really are Making sure that we do keep up to date mm. with all of these, you know, legislative changes, and then continue to make sure that we provide the best possible service for people. You know, because it gets harder, and so it makes it more difficult at times to deliver some services. So you, you know, that becomes a challenge.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, um, it's a fascinating yet difficult industry, industry. I think I think would be the. Uh,
2: Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's the best industry in the world. Um you know, because you get to be part of a client's and you know, a life um where very few people can can be in. And you know, it's it's a privileged space, I believe.
1: You know, that's a very interesting point you just made because um uh Steve and I at different uh, at one time had the same coach. Um and um Dan Sutherland talked about uh the concept of unique ability and the uni- your unique ability being um what you're really, really good at and really, really what you love, which is essentially what you've just said, your unique ability. You know, you're in this fabulous spot where, you know, um you have this extraordinary relationship of, of trust with your clients. So I feel the same way as a mm-hmm. CEO coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the level of information and detail and and sharing is is um uh, it's such a privilege, as you, as you put it.
2: Yeah, it is. I think we're very lucky.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So tell me, um, what is future... I'm sorry about you. Though. What's your biggest learning since you've been a business owner?
2: Yeah, and interesting. I think a lot of it is is really believe in yourself um, because there's going to be times where it's, it's difficult and times where people will question your decision making um because of for example um and you coming from a cba background as you said it would have been much easier for me to just to go into the private banking space and be a planner there and get paid a salary and get and refer- a big, get referrals and
1: a big, and a big salary, yeah, that's right. yeah
2: and and just get a list of names given to me fairly regularly um so um you know i don't get that in in what i do um you know so you have to continue to believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing. I think, mm.
1: and yeah, you know, and could I put that in a different different way? Perhaps, you know, have a purpose or a vision that you you, that you stick to and work through. I think, mm. um, yeah, you know, that perseverance is absolutely one of the critical things I see with 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 CEOs or founders. Mm.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, just a belief and a focus.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So tell me when you think about the word successful who comes to
2: mind in why? Uh, uh, I gave that some thought um, success is 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 different for everybody um and uh when i think of successful well, i think you you know that that carries over from a from a happy life to uh an incredible business um to happy clients um and contentment so uh, you know success is very difficult to actually you know ultimately say you know in a word so who comes to mind in that space well you know you you clearly you know you look at the the major entrepreneurs in the world you know the the uh you know Elon musks of this world and that where they've they've tried and failed multiple times and yet they They've now gone extremely well, but there are people in in my world here who run fantastic, successful businesses and and um, and grown them um, completely organically. Um, and uh, and there's one or two guys that I know, and that's uh, that I would say are incredibly successful. One of them, it's a friend of mine who um, is an ex rugby league player. Um, uh nearly went broke and has this most fantastic business now that he's grown from scratch um and uh you know he is he is extremely uh, good at at um creating businesses and and has been very successful so you know I don't I won't name him but um uh you know he he's certainly somebody who comes to mind when I think of somebody who's been successful know, yeah,
1: leading on from that I think yeah, something you a comment you made earlier, which is about um, you know, you chose to have a um, I'm not gonna call it a, a, an SME rather than grow something huge, which is what I decided to do as well. You yeah. know, call it a lifestyle business. Mm. Um, you know, and being able to build a business around yourself, which you've done, which is, you know, I know I know we've we've spoken about um your daughter. Can I share can, I share, can we share that story?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um yeah. Uh you know, Stephen's daughter is um uh Stephen's just got back from um Melbourne. A couple of weeks in Melbourne, um supporting his um uh, daughter in her late teens who's been playing um uh, Rugby Union Sevens for Queensland mm. and having that flexibility and freedom uh, that our businesses allow us to have to actually go and do that, and I know you've been involved in in the team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's a huge piece of success. Um, uh, that you know you've got flexibility in your, in your business and your life to be able to go and, and and celebrate those moments.
2: Yeah, and and it's the it's the ability to be able to do that that drives, I think, a lot of people that set up businesses like us. And and I should give you some background. I was I I was part of a um, another small business um, that where I was a director and we grew that business to being one of the more highly considered ones in Australia and we merged that business with a number of others around Australia and it is now listed and owned by a major entity. Um, and uh, once it went through that whole process, um, it was very clear that being in that corporate world when they said it wouldn't change the culture in your firm, well, it changed it dramatically and that did not sit well with me. And so that's when I set up SALA Financial Services because I wanted to continue to have the ability to have a culture that I enjoyed where I enjoyed going to work but also had the ability to to go and, you know, go to Melbourne and see my daughter play and, um, you know, and and it, even just standing back and having nothing to do with the 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 game but just being able to be part of something and and what i find as well if you let your clients know they have complete respect because that's exactly what we want our clients to be able to do as well
1: exactly right yeah that's a it's a really really good point um and uh you know, that freedom um of time i suppose is one of the one of the critical reasons we become entrepreneurs
2: yep exactly
1: so are you a reader um Books, podcasts, um, this sort of autobiographies you'd recommend?
2: Yeah, the, I, again, I gave that some thought in regards to the things um, that I look for, um, and, and they vary a little bit. Um, another fellow um, uh, that I was, uh, that we were involved with in um, some coaching, he suggested I read a, a, a book which I thought is worthwhile talking about, called No BS Marketing for the Affluent. Okay. Um, and what he's done, this guy, is that he's he's created a number of books and a number of, you know, podcasts and whatnot uh, just on no BS marketing to different people and, and different things. Now, he's, uh, you've got to take away the political side of it because he's a little bit pol- political, but the, um, uh, the ideas in it are very interesting. Uh, um, so... So that's one that I, I certainly, uh, you know, am enjoying going through. Um, I I listened uh, to a podcast by a fellow called Michael Kitsis, K I T C E S, um, and uh, he's an American, and I find him very interesting and very fascinating. Probably more to do with financial planning, um, but it has, you know, a lot of a lot to do just in general discussion about pricing and servicing and marketing really quite interesting um and uh and there's a few books that i really enjoyed reading um that uh you will relate to that 10 times is easier than two times by dan sullivan i did enjoy a lot of that part and also the who not how um i think was a very interesting easy read just in in a a short sort of situation um to get some real value out of it because it prompts thoughts and ideas in your mind doesn't it
1: well it does and you know as we um as you and I talked about just before we started, you know, the whole Who Not How, you know, one of the interesting things, so Dan Sullivan is, a, is a, uh, an American coach and Steve and I have both been coached by him at different times and, um, yeah, you know, some fabulous, you know, fabulous IP. Um, the Who Not How concept, you know, goes back eventually back to um, uh, Peter Drucker and um, and Jim Collins and has been adapted by, by Dan. I think that's a fair comment. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, you know, if we use this podcast as a classic example of that, and then Stephen and I were talking about this, you know, behind the scenes is this whole, you know, series of things that has, has to happen to make this podcast happen. You know, number one is recruiting people, you know, recruiting Michael Kastler to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, secondly is booking them in. Thirdly is actually doing the interview itself. Um, fourthly is how do we produce the interview? How do we get it on YouTube? How do we get it, you know? Um, promoted out um and mm. share 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 the lessons, etc. and apart from writing the process originally, the only bit that I'm involved in is what I'm doing right now, which is having a fabulous conversation with people I'm interested in. Um, uh, everything else is outsourced. Everything else is um, managed by people with different unique abilities to me. and that's the whole who not how yep and um and it works a treat and I end up having, you know, three or four fabulous conversations every week or two, um, which has led into this whole series of learnings for people, which is, um, uh, you know, and that who not how book was really the light bulb that sort of, oh, okay. Yes.
2: me, of One of those really, ba- really basic surround yourself with really good who's. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, and I think mm-hmm. as well, people in your life that are positive and and really encourage you to be better than what you are, I think that's really important as well. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Any last piece of advice or parting words? Um, for?
2: Yeah, I, again, I, when I started Salah, um, I had a bit of Bon Jovi in my head and I know that sounds a bit funny but it's you got to keep the faith. Believe what you're doing and keep the faith and just keep the faith all the way through. Keep the faith that you are doing, you know, the best and the right thing um, for you for your family for your clients whatever, but that's always been something that I've always kept in mind is just keep the faith and believe in it and what we're doing and I think it's it's um, it's evolving and, and and continuing to be a better business all the time for me fabulous fabulous stephen thank you um I'm going to make a, a sort of a, um, an extra comment here
1: you know we we're coming into we are in a, a time of financial hardship for many people. Um, now is a time where um, to reach out, I think, if you know, keep the faith, reach out to experts out there that, um, uh, you know, those who's who can assist you. And people like Stephen um, uh, with, you know, the old grey hair, or in my case, no here. Um, <laughs> lots of experience out there. Um, uh, if you fit fitting your full customer, um, customer criteria, reach out and have a conversation. No.
2: No, absolutely. If I can. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity just to have a chat with you. That's for sure. Yeah. Stephen, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for the chat.
0: Cheers. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you watch slash listen please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.